Sometimes we have these spiritual mountaintop experiences, but how do we come down and interact with real life? That's what we're talking about on this episode of Inverse. Coming to you from Silver Spring, Maryland, welcome to Inverse, a Bible-based conversation on life principles, contemporary issues, and thought-provoking perspectives. Now here's your host, Justin Kim, with Inverse. Everyone, my name is Justin Kim, and we're on Inverse. And in the studio, we have Sebastian, Israel, and Kelly. And what we try to do at Inverse is try to make spirituality practical mm. and see elements of the spiritual Bible religion world and how that impacts and trickles down to everyday world implications. And on this episode, we have Engaging the World is the title of the episode. Mm -hmm. So I want to say hello to my friends. Hello. Aloha. Hi. Welcome, welcome. And we want to find out, we want to mine stuff from out of the verse that's what we, that we find in the verse <laughs> and apply it to everyday real-world application. And, and sometimes that touch point is, is very difficult or it's easy to talk about theology and the theoretical or it's easy to do the six days of, of, of work and everyday whatever. Yep. But finding the how there's overlap, that whole Venn diagram, the Visa MasterCard car card logo thing, <laughs> that's, that's where the, the touch point is. Didn't realize. Just blew my mind at the beginning of the episode. <laughs> oh, amen, amen. So, Sebastian, can you pray for us because your mind is blown, and uh, we're going to get into the Bible afterwards. Father in heaven, uh, thank you so much for the Word of God. Amen. Thank you that we get to study together, and Lord, we thank you for the example of Daniel, of his friends, hmm. and we pray that as we explore this subject of living out the Sabbath and how that presents your glory versus the alternative of concealing it, knowing that the world is starving uh, for a revelation of your character. May you bless us and be in our thoughts and our understanding. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thanks, Sebastian. Uh, Sebastian, as you mentioned in your prayer that we are talking about Daniel, uh, for those of you who have been listening or watching for the first time, we're in episode 10 on this Ark on the Sabbath. And we've looked at all these different elements about the Sabbath. And now in this episode, we're looking at how Friday night when Sabbath uh, enters and how that when we enter from the secular world to the sacred world, you know, how that the transition, how does that, how does that work? So let's go to Daniel chapter 3. And we look at three normal individuals who are working for the government, they're working for their employer, and how their spiritual lives impact their, their, their employee status, yeah. and later on, their <laughs> lives. So let's go to chapter 3, verse 16 through 18, and Israel, can you read that for us? Sure. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said unto the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. If that is the case, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace, and he will deliver us from your hand, O king. But if not, let it be known to you, O king, that we do not serve your gods, nor will we worship the gold image which you have set up. Thanks. Kelly, let me ask you, I asked at the top of the, at the, the, the show, you know, we have these, sometimes these mountaintop experiences, right? Mm -hmm. It could be either doing your devotions that morning or awesome Sabbath or going to awesome youth, young adult conference and seeing all these speakers and, you know, or a camp meeting or whatever, whatever <laughs> retreats or whatever, whatever, whatever they are. Right? Um, <laughs> and then meeting. afterwards, you got to like go to work or you got to go to school. Yeah. Um, 
talk a little bit about that experience of coming down from the mountain. Do, do, do we always have to live in the mountain? And mm. where, where is this mountain? And how do we get back up the mountain? <laughs> <laughs> and mythical mountains I'm talking about? And then, or there's people who, they're, they're, they're tired of that. So they just stay down in the village and they don't want to go up the mountain. Mm. Share about that. Yeah. So there's nothing wrong with mountaintop experiences. Mm. They're really great. Mm. Uh, God invites people, literally sometimes, onto mountains <laughs> for experiences with Him. Yes, He does. And we can have these these wonderful, unique, and very close to God, like feeling close to God experiences at all those places that you mentioned. Mm. Um, but Jesus Himself didn't stay on the mountains. Mm. Jesus Himself didn't stay just in solitary prayer. Mm -hmm. Jesus came and interacted with people, mm -hmm. sometimes in very difficult situations. Mm -hmm. And He lived His life. He came and hung out with people. He ate. He rebuked Pharisees. You know, He just, he just lived His life uh, as well. Mm -hmm. And so, mountaintops are a part of our experience, but they are not the entirety of our experience. Mm -hmm. And so there is a transition there, but the good part is even though we can't stay on the mountain, we can bring those experiences with us mm -hmm. and it gives us the courage, the inspiration, the spiritual fortitude mm -hmm. to do the things we need to do off of the mountain as well. I love those words, fortitude, courage. We, th those are hard virtues, especially yeah. maybe for a lot of young adults who they love the mountain top experience and they want to stay there. Yeah, it's less or they scary. feel like as, lo as long as you're there, you're good, you're, you're perfect, you're sinless, you're, that's the ideal to be. Yeah. But we are called to engage the world around us. That's right. Uh, but we're afraid of the world. We're afraid that the world may impact us and the world may change us and be unmountain-like. That's a word. Anyway, so, so uh, what can we mine from this passage and get some principles mm. out from here? Sebastian, how do we engage the world? Well, you, you immediately recognize that you have to have the, 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 the sense of loyalty and commitment to God mm. to be willing to suffer the wrath and misunderstanding and persecution of the world for the decisions that you make out of your loyalty to God. Like what you just said really sounds scary though, like mm -hmm. right? So let's say I just graduated from college, I'm a mm -hmm. really good Christian and I got my job, but you're like, I gotta face persecution and, 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 and mm -hmm. death. And is, is, is it always that way or, 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 or am I, am, am, correct me. So it, it's not always that way. The answer okay. to your question is no, it's yeah. not always that way. So I don't wanna bury the lead, but the, 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 the heart of it is you may get to your job and everything's good and then the subject of the Sabbath comes up. Mm. And it's like, well, Sebastian, we expect you to be here on some Saturdays and you're like, well, mm. do I bring it up? Is this putting my job at jeopardy? And so engaging with the world is something where we have choices every single time the affairs of life come into contact mm. with our relationship yes. with Christ yes. to make a decision. Am I going to be a transparent medium to display the glory of God and his truth? <laughs> or am I going to conceal that for the purposes of self-preservation in this social yes. thing? Yes. So I, what I'm really driving at, granted in an extreme, right? My initial yes. comment is there's a shame element. There's a social credit yeah, that right. we can lose on a horizontal level because of the vertical commitment that we have to Christ. And that's what we see right here in Daniel 3. And I think maybe maybe not death and, and persecution, although mm -hmm. that, that may happen, right. but, but what you just said, people having to make that decision, every individual will come to that point. Yes. Yeah. yes, yes, yes. Yeah. And Ellie. I feel like sometimes that we'll say things like, oh, of course I would die for Jesus. And of course I would, you know, if someone's like, like honor the Sabbath or die, you're like, oh, right. honor the Sabbath. Off with his like, yes. But if someone's, <laughs> <laughs> that's right, like I'm so there. But if someone's like, oh, you're not coming on a Saturday, that's like way scarier. 
because it's imminent mm -hmm. and because yep. it's happening. Mm -hmm. And so we can say these things like, I'll do the most, but I won't do the least. Yeah. And mm -hmm. we're fooling ourselves. Wow. Yeah. I won't Great point. do the most, but I'll do the least. No, no, I'll do the most. I'll do the most, but I won't but do, the do the least. Mm -hmm. Which is yeah. the opposite of Jesus, right? He yeah. that is faithful in that, which is least, is also faithful in much. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And one of my favorite quotes from William Wallace is like, every man dies, but not every man lives. And so you, you have this, um, I'm trying to ignore Israel. <laughs> tries to make fun of my quotes. <laughs> that was profound. That was very Good. profound. But you, but you realize that in, that in that space, it's like every man is going this way towards death, but not everyone makes the choice to live. And it's the same with God. Everyone will say, I'll die for Jesus, but not everyone will live mm -hmm. for him mm -hmm. yeah. in a way where I have to face the consequences. See, when I die, that's it. Right, but if I live for him... I have to live with the consequences. I have to live with the shame. And the Bible tells us in Hebrews chapter 12 that Jesus, when he died, he despised the shame, right? That's how he endured the cross. I don't care about the shame. I don't care about the ignominy that I'm going to go through because of this sacrifice. I'm looking at the joy that is set before me. Mm -hmm. And so ultimately engaging with the world is always going to start with the fact that when I was, when I was not a Christian and I was in hip hop, music like I would get on buses and trains and subways and grocery stores and you're just like rapping your rap music like out loud right or you're like grocery store really? absolutely you're just okay. blasting right <laughs> you're just singing a song you got like your Walkman your headphones it's like it's like you know blasting out of the headphones and you're unashamed like I don't care if you don't like rap music I don't care if this isn't your type of music I don't care if you're intimidated by the fact that I'm like with six other dudes with hoodies and all this other stuff and we're singing this music really loud, yeah. why would I be any more ashamed to sit on the bus and, and hum Amazing Grace to myself mm -hmm. or to pray over my meal in the lunchroom? Mm -hmm. But that's the reality of Christianity. It's like we get there and now we're like, oh, I'm impressing it on people. I'm forcing it on them. And now that's gonna come across like I'm a holier than thou or a holy roller just trying to be like finding an excuse to bring up Christianity. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the ultimate. Well, what, what is that line though? How, how, how are we bold on some things and not on others, right? I mean, as you're talking, I wasn't into hip hop, but I remember we had some, some weird cultural thing and then I'm Korean, so I wore my Korean uh, cultural dress, the hanbok. Mm -hmm. You know, it's bright pink, it's bright purple, it's yeah. bright, all these colors that I normally don't wear. <laughs> and, and I'm wearing it, but I'm like, in my core, I'm like, but I am Korean, so I will wear this and I'll wear <laughs> yes. all and I'm not afraid to be a fool for my Koreanness, right? Yep. But then next, and as I mean, you, you mentioned the bus, and I was thinking that's what happened to the bus. So to represent my country, to represent my ancestors, I don't care how much of an idiot I look. I'm going to mm -hmm. wear this pink very proudly. Yeah. But I remember, Latin, and then uh, uh, a weeks later, that it was like uh, I was ashamed of my Christianity, right? And yep. it was like I, I was I needed to pray, but like I did the whole like, oh, my sinuses hurt really much. <laughs> Do you see what <laughs> The sinus. <part. laughs> yeah. And I'm like, it, it's, it's true. Why? Why? What's what's the difference between those two? How come we have courage and fortitude for one and not mm -hmm. for for other? And then once we realize that, how do we get that to on on this side? Because yeah. that's where we're gonna get to that point. Yeah, Kelly and then Israel. I, I'll answer the second part okay. of your question. Okay. That's yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. But can I tell a story too? Okay. Okay. So. What do you want? So a few months ago, I was on a plane to go speak at a youth conference, mm -hmm. and the person I was me and my husband and this other person in our row, and she's like, "Yeah, so where are you going?" I'm like, "Oh, you know, city name." And she's like, "Oh, okay. Why are you going there?" I'm like, "A conference." And she's like, oh, okay, like what kind of conference? I'm like, a prison conference? Mm -hmm. She's like, okay, like, are you going to attend? I'm like, no, I'm a speaker. And she's like, 
what are you speaking about? And I'm like, Jesus. And she's like, what about you? And it's like, pulling you, it out. she's pulling it out. Because <laughs> I'm like, I don't know how much Jesus you can handle. Mm. And I'm like, and that's what I'll say to myself, but really is, I don't know if you'll stop talking to me or think I'm weird. And so she literally had to pull. And we ended up having a three and a half hour, amazing oh, wow. spiritual conversation, yeah. like mm. huge, incredible coming to Jesus conversation. It was amazing. We still, yeah. We're still in contact. It's yeah. great. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But like she had to pull it out of me yeah. because I'm just like, eh. Versus if she's like, oh, what do you do? I'm like, I'm a software engineer and this is what I do. This is the projects that I work on. This is all that. Da -da -da -da. Mm -hmm. And I can't speak for other people, but I can speak for myself. And the majority of the time that it's been hard for me is when... Well, hold that thought is when we want to hear what you have <laughs> to say, but we do have to take a break. Stay with us to hear Callie's answer. Has Inverse been a blessing to you? Do you have questions, comments, or feedback you'd like to leave us? Find us on social media by searching Inverse Bible on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or YouTube. While there, join us, like us, heart us, thumbs up us. Our handle again is Inverse Bible, no spaces. Now, back to the discussion. Welcome back. This is Inverse. My name is Justin Kim, and in the studio with us we have Israel, Sebastian, and Callie. And Callie was just sharing a story that was when she was on an airplane, and this person was pulling out all that information, <laughs> and we're talking about courage and cowardice regarding our faith. Yeah. So I said there's one thing. actually two things. There's two things that I've noticed that really hinder me in my, I guess, personal witness, whether it's Sabbath or really anything else. One is when I prioritize my reputation over their good. Mm -hmm. And it's my perception of my reputation, right? Because clearly it did not, like she likes me more now that she, you know, we got to talk to, she got to talk to me and David. Um, but it's like, I, my hypothetical reputation is more important to me than her good. Mm -hmm. And so that's one thing. Another thing that stopped me for a much longer time is when I saw personal evangelism or personal witness or sharing the Sabbath as an obligation and not an expression of love love to God and love to other people. Mm. And not like expression of love, but like expression of love. Because we'll say <laughs> things, we say things are expressions of love, but what we really mean is, is it's guilt ridden. Mm. And it's like, I feel like I have to, so I will. <laughs> and I do it out of love. Like there is nothing loving about this whole thing. Mm -hmm. There is, you have, you are not actuated by love. You're actuated out of like, maybe Jesus will like me more, or maybe this will be good enough for like my weekly quota of evangelism. Mm. That's, that's not love. Mm. And so first of all, going off a tangent, but I think it's important. So first of all, we have to be fully, we have to fully understand of how secure we are in God's love mm. ourselves. Like I am so a hundred percent sold that Jesus loves me and he could never love me anymore. Mm -hmm. I'm so comfortable in that. Mm -hmm. yeah. And then I see that he loves other people the exact same amount. And I want them to know, and I want them to know in the best and most winsome way possible. Mm -hmm. So I'm not just like, Jesus loves you. Okay, please don't talk anymore. I did my, I did my duty. <laughs> but you're, th you're <laughs> seeing somebody and you're like, okay, how can I share Jesus' love with you in the most winsome way possible? Mm -hmm. And someone recently asked me, like, how do you share Jesus' love with somebody who doesn't want to hear it? And I'm like, I don't, I don't know because I don't know this person you're talking about. And that's the point mm -hmm. is evangelism isn't formulaic. Sharing the Sabbath isn't formulaic. It's not like, oh, you always need to say these four words and then, then you fulfilled what Jesus asked you to do. Mm -hmm. It's being in touch with the Holy Spirit and allowing him to speak through you to other people like your coworkers, to your boss, to even your family members and saying, Lord, I want them to see you clearly. 
I want them to know you really well. Mm -hmm. And so please give me the words and give me the opportunity, mm -hmm. which is scarier than mm -hmm. a formula, mm -hmm. but it's also the real way it works. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm. More natural sounding too. Yeah. Yes, 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 yes. You know, um, from a different angle than, than what Kelly's taking this year, everything that Kelly's talking about in terms of you have to understand the love of God to share it. You understand, you have to understand how much God loves you, how much God loves other people in order for it to be natural. All these things are, are important. I think that the purpose of the Sabbath was to remind us of this on yeah. a weekly basis. Mm. I agree. And so I think that when we spend our time during the Sabbath, when we spend our time, it's not enough to just observe the seventh day Sabbath because it's in the Bible. But we have to take advantage of that, even though we don't always feel like we're in a mountaintop experience every single Sabbath. Mm -hmm. We have to understand that we're making that investment in, in our minds every single week that God loves us, that God loves others, that God wants us to be a certain way with the strangers, that God wants us to be a certain way with our friends and our neighbors. Mm -hmm. and, and, and this is important because this is what's happening in, in this narrative, right? Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, you have these three Hebrew children who have been spending time with God no one really knows that. Like prior to this, well, I mean, you, you know that in Daniel chapter one, but it's not like in every single chapter leading up to this, they're in your face with their Christianity. They're living right. their lives. Mm -hmm. But there comes a moment when their faith is tested. Mm. There comes a moment of crisis, and that's when character comes out, right? And yeah. so in this moment of, in this mom, uh, moment of crisis, something's going to happen. You can't help. It's going gonna, it's gonna to happen regardless of, of, of what you try to do to stop it. Your relationship with God, your experience with God will bleed into your life because it's impossible for it not to. Absolutely. Yep. And so this is what happens that the purpose of the Sabbath, the purpose of communion with God is that, that, that we would get used to the presence of God in every aspect of our lives. Mm. And so what ends up happening is at the end of this story, right? Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, they say, we don't care if you throw us into the furnace, into a fiery furnace, we will not disobey God. That gets the king extremely furious, right? Mm -hmm. Tries to kill him, throws him in. They don't die. And then in verse 25, look at what happens. I mean, we, we already know this around the table. It says, uh, Nebuchadnezzar speaking, he says, Look, he answered, I see four men loose walking in the midst of the fire, and they're not hurt. And the form of the fourth is the Son of God, mm. right? Mm. So even though King Nebuchadnezzar has never personally met Jesus, mm. even though he doesn't acknowledge him as God, even though God, even though he doesn't acknowledge the religion of the Hebrews, I mean, he stole from their temple the, the, right. the you know, the articles, the articles. Of, the, of the sanctuary, right? Even though he doesn't acknowledge them, their experience, because they've been used to the presence of God, and that bleeds into every aspect of their relationship, of their life, mm -hmm. sorry, including their crisis, mm -hmm. then... King Nebuchadnezzar has been a is able to say, this whole time, we've been experiencing the presence of God. And I think that's the purpose of the Sabbath, that we get so used to the presence of God mm -hmm. that that bleeds into our everyday life so that we don't have to be thinking like, if I don't share this book with him on an airplane, I'm not doing my job. If I don't say, God bless you to the waitress, then I'm not doing my job. If I don't pray for exactly 10 seconds with my head down and my face on the table, my, my hands on the table, it's not a real prayer. That won't happen when we're used to the presence of God because we will act naturally. Mm -hmm. I, agree. Mm -hmm. was, I was just going to add the fact that to go back also to your question and build off what has already been said, you know, how do you get that courage really comes down to the lowering of the perception of humanity and the heightening of your perception of God. Mm. 
-hmm. So when you think about any person who's ever come into the presence of God, they were not thinking about any other human being in that moment. Mm. They were so overwhelmed <laughs> yeah. and absorbed in the reality of God's revelation that those people just didn't matter. And that's where Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were. When I first, and this is why people who are new Christians and converts are unashamed because they're overwhelmed by the love of God. They're overwhelmed by the truth. They're overwhelmed by the word of God. So for them, it's like, this is secondary. Like I used to live that life where God didn't exist. Hmm. Now that this, this reality, this entity has invaded my whole existence and literally transformed my entire way of living, this is way greater than any person of whom I could be concerned. An earthly king, a boss, a person on the bus, a person on the plane, like this doesn't matter to me because it is literally a shift in identity. Mm. And therefore you see that the Sabbath is just by me and my devotion and my love to God and my desire to take time to follow his example and keep the Sabbath is in of itself a witness to other people. I am literally engaging civically with other people by removing myself on that particular day. Mm -hmm. And I remember going in a, as a college student and they're saying, Sebastian, hey, you know, what are you going to be doing this weekend? And I hesitated to tell them because I knew I was going to interview for a job, a work study with this lady. So I kind of suppressed it like Callie. And then I came into <laughs> the interview. And she said, so Sebastian, my understanding is that you did a lot of missionary work here on your resume, right? Like, oh. So what's your view about re religion in the workplace? And I was like, oh, now I have to, <laughs> I, I have to face it. <laughs> and I essentially told her, I said, I don't feel like I need to force it in people's faces. But if you say, Sebastian, what did you do this weekend? I'm going to tell you the truth of what I did. I went to church. I had Vespers. We did an outreach program, you know, with young people playing sports on Sunday. That's what I did. And she said to me, it's the best answer she ever heard because she said, that's exactly what I'm comfortable with because that's who you are. Yeah. And this is where the being natural and having the courage is like essentially just have the courage to be who you are in Christ. Mm. Right. And if you can embrace that and say, look, that's just who I am. This is not me pretending. I'm not putting on a persona. I'm just absorbed in my father's love. I'm absorbed in my father's presence. Mm -hmm. And I know that I'm his child. So for me to like talk to you about this, this is just like, I grew up, that's what I know. And I'm just sharing what my, how it's like in my house. Mm -hmm. yep. And you see kids do it all the time. You guys are bringing up some uh, questions in my mind about how do you differentiate between those who naturally witness or naturally engage with the world, naturally express their spiritual or religious beliefs or whatever, and then those who are annoying. <laughs> <laughs> well, those who just, you know, are, 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 are all up there. Yeah, right? they're a little yeah. much. And how does, there's, well, let me ask you that and I have a follow-up question afterwards. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, Sebastian Kelly in his room. I'll just be really yeah, short with the story. <laughs> One time we went out, my neighbor was walking through our neighborhood and my daughter was just learning VBS. You are the one true God, right? This whole thing. <laughs> so, so she walks outside and we're checking the mail and my neighbor's walking by and my oldest daughter says, excuse me, like, do you know the one true God? <laughs> and so we're like, uh, <laughs> and she's like, oh, hey, nice to meet you, right? She's like ignoring, and my daughter's like, no. <laughs> you do you know answer. the one true God, the Lord Jesus Christ? <laughs> and you're like, wow. And she's like, I know Jesus, right? 
And so when I think about people who are annoying, <laughs> you're thinking about people who, I understand that from my four or five year old daughter, right? There's to be beauty that beauty in that, but because she is four or five. You understand okay. that. if they're 40 or 50 years old, correct. no longer is beautiful. And at that point in time, you've, you have not matured in mm. your social engagement mm. to understand the sensitivity and empathy for how other mm. people feel. Mm -hmm. My daughter's just overflowing with what she's learning <laughs> versus you know? another person is like, they're not overflowing. They're literally kind of like um, smothering you mm -hmm. with their religion, mm -hmm. which is the exact opposite of it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Kelly. I think another way people approach it is like when your friend um, got a significant other and they have to talk about it every sentence. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, how are you doing today? Oh, I'm really good. I mean, my boyfriend talked today like, and he's doing really good. Da, da, da. Mm -hmm. like, okay, cool. You want to go to this restaurant? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. My boyfriend actually loves this food. My boyfriend actually at his job. So my boyfriend, and I'm like, oh my gosh, we get it. Like you have a boyfriend. We understand. You got it. <laughs> clear like that that is a lot must, the be, same must be new for you <laughs> it must be new like i'm happy for you but relax versus like someone's like oh like tell me about yourself I'm like oh i love to spend time with my family my husband and i like to go hiking like yeah i have a husband but i don't have to mention it in every sentence like it's okay mm -hmm. um but if they ask what i like to do most of my activities and like going out and spending time playing it all involves my husband mm -hmm. so i'll mention him but it's not like oh do you like thai food i'll be like yeah i like thai food you know i like thai food my husband he loves thai food <laughs> Like doesn't, that's not natural. That's like trying to prove something. It's trying to be constantly, you're yeah. trying to convince yourself. Mm -hmm. And I feel like you're trying to meet some other standard. I think, I think, and I, I totally vibe with that because, yeah. uh, oh my goodness, yeah. <laughs> so, but it's not natural. It, it's an easy assessment for us to have on, on the external side of the, yeah. of, the, of the violator. Yeah. But the person who's violating may not naturally have that... Emotional intelligence? That awareness. Yeah. <laughs> emotional also intelligence. That. Maybe or for them, it is natural. Yeah. So, so what? How would we? How would we differentiate that? Uh, I want to take. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to take a little bit of a different okay. uh, <laughs> uh, perspective than my two friends here. Yeah. I think that I, I've come to kind of the point where I wonder if the problem is me or the person. You know, um, when, to make it personal like that. Yeah. I got to make it personal. No, because like you know, <laughs> m many times when we, we when we say, "Oh, that person shouldn't do that," because I wouldn't do that, I become the standard. Yep. When in reality, okay, there's something wrong right. in my Christian walk that I'm not willing to be so excited about Jesus, right? But mm -hmm. be excited about other things. So I think there is an element of personality. But when we are in love with Christ, mm -hmm. it will bleed into everything that we say. Jesus says, "So let your light shine before men." And you may glorify the, your Father which is in heaven. And then he says, be like salt, be like light. So we are to be salty and season those social situations around us without being stringently acidic around uh, those people who are talk we are talking to. Uh, we talked about a lot of stuff today, and we got, a, we got more to, to, to share. We want to encourage you to keep studying the principles on the Sabbath. Thanks so much for joining us. We'll see you next week as we continue our conversation on Reflections on the Sabbath day. God bless you. You've been listening to Inverse, a Bible-based conversation with Callie Williams, Israel Ramos, Jonathan Walter, Sebastian Braxton, Siku Dako, and your host, Justin Kim. Inverse is brought to you by The Hope Channel, television that changes lives. For this and more inspiring episodes, visit inverse.hopetv.org. 
find us on social media, hashtag InverseBible. Until next time, this is Inverse.